T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. For the next hour, we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. A lot to dive into today. I was down over at Media Day this week at... American top team. The UFC was hosting a little media shindig over at the gym. Uh, got a chance to talk to some interesting peeps. We're going to talk to the Panthers, Sean Thornton, in just a matter of minutes. Or you guys will hear my conversation with him from the gym. As, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Sean, who was known as Panthers badass for a long, long time, champion with the Boston Bruins. Um, I would say that Sean was known for his fists on the ice. And he's been a longtime trainer of um, of mixed martial arts, or tra- trainer trainee of Amer- of of mixed martial arts. He trains mixed martial arts. I don't know what that th- words radio. Anyway, he's uh, he's going to join us. He's uh, he's had a big influence on getting the UFC back here. And an interesting conversation with him. But want to start with last night at uh, UFC Nashville. Amazing, amazing win by Anthony Showtime Pettis over Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and. You know, Anthony has had such an interesting career because of how fast it started off. I mean, you're talking about a guy who could basically be considered the logo of mixed martial arts for a while. I mean, how often when when you're trying to convince people to like mixed martial arts and what it can bring uh, outside of boxing, who doesn't show their friends the showtime kick? Who doesn't show their friends the kick off the cage on Ben Henderson from WEC? Everybody does. When you just want and and people who don't even watch mixed martial arts have likely seen the Showtime kick. Everybody has um, a, a young champion, a guy who is looked upon as one of the best fighters on the planet. Could do a little bit of everything. Cover the Wheaties box. He seemed like he had the total package. And the sport being as unforgiving as it is, uh, it took a piece of Anthony Pettis. This is a guy who. You know, had, had had some hard times at 155 pounds. You know, had had to, had cut himself down to 145 pounds, missing weight 145 pounds, um, and and now found himself yesterday at this place after just an incredible fight with Tony Ferguson, where Tony Ferguson won by pure savagery. Um, he decided I'm going to go up to 170 pounds. Called out Wonderboy Thompson, who, by all accounts, has been a top the 170 division now for a good five years has taken out former champions has gone toe-to-toe with tyron woodley who's established as one of the best welterweight champions of all time this is a huge huge task upon anthony pettis's plate that he was taking and he goes in there and looks i mean i'm 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 watching this first round i just like like you know he's getting these lower leg kicks in but he just he just looks a beat a beat slower than Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson looks a little bit crisper. Doesn't look like he's telegraphing as much. And 
you know, they get into the second round. He's busted up a little bit. The nose is, is bleeding. I just get in. I'm like, man, I don't think this is going to go well for him. I don't think this is this is going to go the path of what Anthony Pettis was hoping this to be. And he continues to put money in the bank on this on this on this kick down low, and then just I mean, off the cage hits this Superman punch. That's almost like a Superman hook, right on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, knocks him dead, dead. Couple follow up shots. But it was like this leap, not off the cage, but pretty close to it. He got like a little bit of momentum on the cage. Step up, Superman punch, and dead Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. It was crazy. I mean, you were talking about an Anthony Pettis now having two of these just iconic knockouts. These just these just unbelievable showcases of athleticism, creativity, talent. Gets himself a win at welterweight. And... What a moment for him. What a moment for him. Because, you know, a guy who goes up in weight, he takes on an absolute top contender in Wonderboy Thompson, a guy that nobody really wants to fight. Like, you fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson because you're trying to get somewhere, but ideally he's a hard matchup for everybody. It's not any, it's, it's, it's basically like going in there and you're fighting a Cobra. He's that kind of quick on his strikes. He's got this difficult style that you got to face. And... You're going in there. This is the thing that's interesting about Anthony Pettis. He's going in there trying to outstrike one of the best strikers in the UFC from an accuracy standpoint, from a speed standpoint, and did it. Pulled something out that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson hadn't seen. Wonderboy, who was just getting off these incredible combinations, incredible speed, incredible accuracy, and was able to was able to throw everything against the wall and come out with that to put him away unbelievable unbelievable moment for him congratulations to him it was it was spectacular it really was it was really really great so we'll get more into that as the show rolls on but i want to get to my conversation with sean thornton who is panthers ambassador he had a big role in getting the ufc back to fort lauderdale he was over at american top team earlier this week i went down there on thursday and just basically talk to him for a few minutes about what it took to get the UFC here and what do you think where he thinks the the popularity of mixed martial arts is going in South Florida so here's my conversation with Sean Thornton very excited about this uh it's no surprise that a lot of the uh, return of the UFC which is coming to the BB&T Center on April 27th you guys know we've been giving away tickets it's been really awesome and you guys are excited about it no surprise that Panthers badass uh ambassador for all this Sean Thornton has uh, had a big hand in this and so Sean, can you uh, explain to, uh, I guess, our audience the idea of, of bringing the UFC back to South Florida for the first time since 2015, uh, when the idea, you know, struck with you and, and the process of getting it all going? Uh, yeah, well, our president kind of alluded to the fact that he wanted to uh, find a way of maybe we bring it back. Uh, so I, I reached out to Kenny Florian. Uh, I've known Dana for a number of years uh, from my time in Boston. We did some charity stuff uh, when a couple events were in Boston uh, with my time with the Bruins. So I asked Kenny for his number and texted him and said, my president and I would love to sit down and have a chat with you and see. We know you said you'd never come back to South Florida, but uh, we'd like to have a conversation. Uh, so we went out and had brunch with him and Peter and uh, just said that, you know, we're all in, we're good guys, we're stable. Uh, we'll do whatever it takes to help it be a successful event. Uh, shook hands on it and then about a year and a bit later we got a phone call saying is the building available on April 27th we said let's check and it was and 
uh, you know, there's a little bit more to it than that, obviously. But that's that's the the quick story of how how it came to be. Well, I can, I can tell you, like the fans were excited that it was coming back, but we do know like the reputation the market had with it with with it leaving. So like when it first kind of got trickled out, the whole card I guess wasn't out, and so some people were going to include myself, but because the the whole Yoel thing that was the first thing that was reported. But you didn't know, because I guess he was on this reality show. Were you worried at all, like, how it was all going to come into focus? Because that's an odd situation. A dude's on a reality show, and you're, you're not quite sure if he's going to be able to be able to fight in the main event. Uh, through some back channels, it was loosely mentioned that they were still hoping for him. So uh, I wasn't concerned. I would have been concerned if uh, I got a hard no on him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the whole card wasn't out yet. We, we heard uh, we were out there three, four weeks ago, uh, like a week or two before it was announced, the whole card. And... Uh, we had walked through a few scenarios on what could happen, and uh, I was pretty confident that uh, they were putting a really solid card together. And obviously, you, you see, it's a, it's a pretty good card, so we're excited. Ticket sales have been going great. Uh, I think pacing faster than we expected, so uh, you can tell people are excited for it to come back. He's taking on Jacare Souza. Did do you did you get a chance to see that first fight with these two? Because it was uh, it was hotly contested. It was uh, it was very controversial. But these guys, I mean, they make for an incredible matchup. Um, and and Yoel. I mean, he always has a, a crowd-pleasing style, um, big down here. The last time we were down here with the Hard Rock, uh, people were buzzing for him a lot. So uh, what do you expect from this? I think it's going to be a good one. I didn't get to see the first one. Uh, I, w I think it was right around when my child was born, and uh, I was going to bed at about 9.30 every single night. I wasn't staying up, I wasn't staying up for those anymore. Um, but, you know, in reading about it and looking into it, uh, I, I think people are excited to see the rematch. Uh, I heard it was a very close one like you said controversial so uh, maybe they, they can put all those uh, all those comments to rest what do you think in your mind uh, as you know you do training here at American Top Team and it's obviously such a hotbed of talent as far as people being crazy about training for it they obviously have a big gym like this because people like to, to do this and, and like to get you know healthy doing this kind of stuff as well um, just South Florida is a market because it is such an important place for people to train. Do you think this is a place that can become a regular home for it again for the UFC? Yeah, I do. I mean, there's something. It's crazy. We did the research. There's something like 100 uh, gyms in, in this immediate uh, area, obviously this being the, the flagship and having the majority of the fighters. Uh, but, you know, just the surrounding area, there's so many gyms, so many fight uh, people that are involved in in some sort of martial art or fight fighting uh, sport. So we knew that the market was there now uh it's starting to show that you know people want to come out and watch so uh i'm glad that we have you know a few local uh local guys on the card as well i think that helps uh but yeah i think i think that this area is prime i think it's the right time to bring it back can you uh can you kind of give us a, a sense of you, you know you doing training this were you doing this in your playing days because you were already a feared person on the ice like were you adding this to your repertoire just to to, to, to help to help with the fighting well, I wasn't more helping with the fighting. I got uh, I boxed uh, for most of my life, but uh, the jiu-jitsu started when I became friends with Kenny Florian when I was in Boston. Uh, you know, I was a fan of UFC one, two, and three, and, and you know, seeing the, the little guy in the gi beating up the everybody else. It was, uh, but then getting to know Kenny and him walking me through it, and then you know, get, yeah, I did it for my last five years uh, playing hockey, but I could only do it in the off season. I wasn't training during the season, so. I would train for five months, learn a few things, forget it all by the time I came back. So for the last couple of years, I've been doing it fairly consistently. Um, it's such a humbling sport, such a such a fun. You're always learning, uh, and for me, you know, my goal is to just not get fat right now. I'm not really trying to push it like I did when I was playing. Uh, so this is a good way to sweat out a couple beers, uh, <laughs> sweat out a couple beers, and stay even in the morning. 
Well, we appreciate it, Sean Thorne. We're looking forward to it. Uh, April 27th, guys, get your tickets. Uh, BBNTCenter.com, is it the best way to go? Or you go to UFC.com? I think it's Ticketmaster. Uh, so we, all the tickets, I think, are on Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster.com. Go check it out, guys. Joel Romero, Jacare Souza, awesome card. Uh, Greg Hardy making his Octagon debut. Global Teixeira, a lot of great guys locally down here. We appreciate the time, Sean. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good seeing you. Thanks to Sean Thornton. I should uh, correct myself. Greg Hardy making his Octagon return. He made his Octagon debut uh, a couple months ago when he lost uh, via disqualification. So he is making his return. Um, but, yeah, thanks to Sean uh, sitting down a couple minutes with me over at American Top Team. Uh, that, that gym is incredible. Hadn't been there since the, uh, the whole revamp of everything going down there. And we got some more stuff that's coming your way in the coming weeks of uh, fighters we've gotten to talk to while we were there. It was a, it was a really good time. It was a really good time. Shout out to Dave from the UFC for being a good host, man. And, uh, yeah, Sean is uh, Sean seems excited, excited about it. They had Yoel Romero and Jacare Souza at one of the Panthers games this week. They did the ceremonial puck drop, did a cool little face-off right there on the ice. And it it is good to see everything kind of come to fruition because it is important. I mean, as we talk about on the show all the time, you guys know that we, uh, we're out there a lot watching – the regional circuit as far as the fight cards that are down here and and all the up-and-comers that are down here and people you know establishing themselves whether it be in boxing or mixed martial arts but it is something to have the big show come to your town and that you be able to show out that you could support it and you know just the amount of people that are that that are fans of this down here uh you hope that they go out there and the sport, just to show that uh, this can be a place that's a bit in the rotation. Uh, maybe they could visit every year or every other year, and that isn't um, completely blacklisted as it was. So thanks again to Sean Thornton for, for stopping by. When we come back, we'll get into a lot of it going on in the UFC, a lot of news and notes as far as um, what happened this week. There was a champion that lost his belt because of a drug test. and uh, I can't exactly say I'm super surprised by it. We'll get to that when we come back right after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, guys. It's Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Tobin here with you as news came out this week about TJ Dillashaw and him having to give up his belt. So we'll get to that in just a minute as uh, not exactly surprising news that went down this week. And also, it seems like the uh, the heavyweight championship of the uh, the world between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury is completely dead in the water as they've announced that Deontay has his next opponent. He's going to be fighting on Showtime coming up in May. So we have that to look forward to as well. But speaking of boxing, I want to give a quick shout out to our guy, Harold Calderon, King Calderon, as he moved to 19-0 this week, fifth round TKO. At the uh, Mikasuki Resort and Gaming, he got himself a uh, a nice knockout win in the fifth round. I just want to give a shout out to him. Uh, you know, he trains down here in Miami. He's one of Miami's own boxers and a uh, friend of the program. Was in our Give Dwayne Biscayne video and just looks, I mean, vastly improved every time he steps into the ring. Uh, looks sharper. He's down to to stop guys on the regular now, and you can just see the development of those talents as uh, he continues to to work his ass off. I'm just hoping that he gets. The opportunity to to do it on a, on a bigger stage and a bigger broadcast stage, and I'm telling you, um, you know, from all these stages that I go to between you know the cards in Dallas or or you know Vegas that I've gone to, this dude can hang. This dude can definitely hang with uh, with some of the people that they have on those cards. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, that bigger opportunities and bigger exposure come his way because 
certainly deserving of it, and you root for a guy who works that hard, who trains that hard, and uh, just want to give him a congrats, man. Uh, sorry I couldn't make it out to this one, but it definitely will be at the next one for 20-0 and 0 for sure. So, uh, so congratulations to our guy, Harold, as uh, he had himself a great performance. So this week the news was announced that TJ Dillashaw is going to give up his bantamweight title because he had what he what he described as an adverse finding in his drug test. Adverse. And look, man, I don't I don't pile on things a lot, but that TJ Dillashaw, Henry Cejudo, go down the flyweight thing stunk from the get go. And so the idea that he popped for some kind of test when a guy's never fought at flyweight before. Oh, he's felt better than ever, but he had to fight at his lowest weight class. Oh, and by the way, not taking shots is great. Really? Really? A guy who was getting pummeled in the face by Cody Garbrandt, all of a sudden, his body ain't acting as so natural when he gets down to a lower weight class. Color me shocked. Can't believe it. I'm a little bit stunned if you if you if you can't tell. I mean, of course he found something adverse. Let me get this straight. You thought that guy just uh just decided to to go on a fast and that's how he got down there the same way? Mm, not likely. So, yeah, not exactly surprised that TJ Dillashaw they found something adverse in his system and kind of an appropriate ending to that entire saga because I thought the entire thing was dopey from the start. Going down and wait to go get... Who cares? No pun intended, huh? Who cares about going down and, and wait to get belts? It's so silly. I'm going to shrink myself down to 125 pounds, and I'm going to start myself, and then I'm going to go fight. I got gold. But he's going to come in the cage at 145. Right. It's like, come on, man. That th- it, it just it, it didn't smell right to me, Seema. Good morning, by the what way. What it smelled like. Good morning. It smelled like a rat. It smelled like a rat. By the way, wow, conspiracy theorist. Hey, look, and by the way, Cody Garbrandt, who you know lost twice to TJ Dillashaw, doing the old uh, frog sipping the tea emojis, because he was out there on on the stage. He's like, hey, you know, this guy's on. St- he showed me how to do steroids. Wow, that's how that's how much this guy's on steroids. He is he's given courses on it at, at Team Alpha Male. I mean, think of what you want with that material or not, but yeah, man, not that surprising that TJ Dillashaw popped on this stuff. So he loses his belt, and the way they're going with it is they're going to go Marlon Marias, who's been on an absolute tear, and Henry Cejudo, he's going to get to move up in weight and fight for the 135 belt. Don't have a huge problem with it uh, because I don't know what the hell the future is of flyweight anyway, and it's probably better off for, for Henry, who's already knocked out the 135 champ. Of course he deserves to fight at the, uh, at the, uh, for, for the 135 belt. Makes complete sense. You agree, Seema? I would agree. All right. Um, you you know me and the flyweights. <clears throat> Not a fan. No, no, not a. Nor is uh, the I mean, promotion. Every, I mean, you know, equal opportunity for all, regardless of weight. But just they're never they're v- rare. I won't say never. They're rarely entertaining fights. I thought like I thought Mighty Mouse got more entertaining as his career went on because he was just he started to go for the knockout yeah and not just be so but technical. I think the reputation was already too ingrained in people's mind. You like know? watching a GSP fight, kind of. You know, if you saw him punch somebody and knock somebody out, it was either either on accident, right, 
or it was just a fluke. How did you, uh, speaking of knockouts, what did you think of, uh, did you see Anthony Pettis last night with the, the Superman punch? I saw the highlight. You know I didn't see it on ESPN+. Plus. Well, you bet, hey, you well, better get that ESPN+, because everything, everything's I'm done. on Pay-per-views it. Pay-per-views only for me. It's ESPN plus UFC. It's, that's the entire I'm, name I'm of the organization old, now. I'm old school. There's I'm nothing on school. television anymore. I watched the pay-per-views, and well, then I looked you, for the highlights. At just, least, at least on ESPN, you know, you get the full highlight of the knockout. You right. don't get this on FS1. You get this leading up to, let's show three shots, and then you get a still of a guy like yeah, I've his never face got, I've disproportionate. Never, I've never gotten that because once the pay-per-views are bought, they're bought. It's done. Like, right. why not show it? I guess they're hoping on replay. I think nothing is dead. But did you hear the news this week about ESPN Plus? What's the news? Okay, so Uh-oh. Dana White. This sounds deep. Well, you're not going to like this. That's why. Dana White came out with an announcement this week. First of all, he signed a seven-year extension. Yeah, I heard. I heard that he signed a seven-year extension for is like baseball player money. Is it? I think so. I didn't see From what it was, but yeah. I just thought it was seven he was, years. He was getting paid forty million a year before, right? So, you know, you could only assume it's either going to be the same or more significant. Well, the thing that they announced was that ESPN Plus is now going to be the distributor for pay-per-views. So. You have to have a subscription. Now, this isn't a huge deal for me because I have ESPN Plus, but a lot of people are upset because it there's no more DirecTV is going to host it or okay, Xfinity is going to host it. You're upset. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. So let's do something about it. You have uh, so you have to have ESPN Plus now to buy the pay per views. Um, there's still pay per view price. I but think I, I, I think I, they're masking it as like you could buy them for sixty bucks. But you got to pay five bucks a month for ESPN Plus, so it's still the same way. All going so, to ESPN Plus on the split. So I have to like do the whole smart TV configuration. Yeah, that is insane. Yeah, I don't have to. So tell I'll you, be man. I'll be asking for those bootleg links from you. Yeah, well I can always get you those. Not that you have them. But, well, but I would ask you. Dump to that Antoine. Require. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I do. I, I'm I'm very privy to the Slovenian websites. Hello, you want to watch UFC 249. Hello. Fight time. Hello, fight time. Hello, you like this. Very good. All you have to do is watch UFC in reverse. It's the same. It is. That's that's the way it rolls. He uh, hit him with a right hook. No, he didn't hit him with a left hook. I mean, look, man, this is, this is I guess, the wave of the future. I don't know. But seven years, that's where it's going to be. So I'm trying to figure out. I guess Fight Pass was purchased by EFC, uh, ESPN because I'm t- I don't they, know. I'm to understand. They gave them that data. Uh, uh, yes, that, was that they leveraged that data in the deal, and yes. I'm sure that Fight Pass was a part of the. Well, I don't see any cards. On, yeah, I don't see any cards on Fight Pass anymore. I think the Fight Pass it's ESPN. I want to say I, EF. I, I think the only thing they're gonna do for Fight Pass is like, you know, I know they got Roy Jones boxing on there. I know that there's some regional stuff on there, but like, I don't think the UFC fights. I don't think that's on there anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Roy, sorry. Jo- Roy Jones promotion is not your thing? Not really. Um, yeah, so you saw the highlight of it. Pretty cool. For, a cool moment for him. Cool moment I thought for it was him. a great moment for him. Obviously, it's a, it's a critical lesson for many, including Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, regardless Nobody of how much, you're, to him. You're, well, how much you're dominating a fight. You never get complacent. Yeah. And he got complacent. Yeah. He normally doesn't 
leave himself just susceptible, especially to a Superman punch. Oh, no. You know, this is a guy that leans back in his stance. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him rocked before, but those are usually guys bullying him up against the cage like that. Not like that. No, that was, I didn't even, I mean, it didn't even look at one point like it was a really hard, clean shot. Yeah. Because he seemed to be going backwards. And I'm, I never understand, like, I get the, the leverage when pushing off the fence, but it didn't look like Pettis actually got a good push off the fence. No, it looked like a straight jump. I think it was also just, the like you said, the angle yeah. of it. Like, he, it was almost, uh, Tyler Woodley described almost like a Superman hook. Yeah. Like, normally it's just He came around on. the guard. Yeah, it was really, it was really impressive. He's dynamic. Like, it, it's one of those things with, he's had a hard, he's had a hard career since getting to the top. There he is right there. Yeah, he's had a hard career get it, since getting to the top, but. Man, it's uh, it's that's actually a pretty cool stat that they put up there. He is he joins Conor McGregor and Kenny Florin as the only fighters with wins at featherweight, lightweight, and welterweight. Um, he's so damn talented. I mean, there was a reason that this guy was on the covers of the, cover of the Wheaties box. But agreed, um, something happened though. Something I think, happened. I think that, and and he's alluded to without coming out and saying it. I think they made him a more tactical, conservative fighter to to create value. For him, not necessarily for the fans and right. interest in the fan from the fans' perspective, but I think that they kind of toned him down a little bit. And he mentioned yesterday after the fight that this is his—he's embracing his new fight style and he's coming and he's going to make it exciting for the fans, whether he wins or loses. Yeah, like a Diego Sanchez. Absolutely. Um, Which, by and, the and, way, two weeks ago that Diego Sanchez fight—you got to love Diego Sanchez. He's the—he's the man. Come on, man. He just, he, all, I think you put. I think the next fight for Connor's Diego Sanchez and Connor McGregor. What? What two guys are gonna just stand and trade? I don't know. Everybody's calling out Connor. I saw Tyron Woodley called they out Connor. Payday, seven figures. Uh, Jorge Masvidal called out Connor this yeah. week. Uh, and they all sound understand. Like those. Look, those are all fun Connor fights. Obviously, the Cowboy fight uh, that was first I talked about. That fight. Man, I wanted that fight too. Now it looks like Cowboys fight an ally of Quinta instead. Um, because you know Cowboy's not gonna wait on Connor's terms. He's gonna go fight and if he wins, he'll then call out the Connor fight. But uh and then you know people, a Budweiser in his hand. I think some people were talking yesterday. Uh Woodley and uh and Ben Askren were talking about I think Pettis versus McGregor was always a fun fight. I think that's a great fight. That's a great fight too. Like there's a lot of fun Connor fights to be made. It's just it's all in kind of Connor's court. What does he want to do? Does he want to do fun fights? Does he want to do the Nate Diaz fight again? That was kicked around. I know he did some media this week and said that uh, I still owe him the trilogy. I am going to give that to him. Um, Who said that? Connor? Connor did. Connor said that to media. He's like, I, I, I do owe him a fight. He gave me the rematch. I owe him a rematch. That's cool. So I don't know when that's going to happen. He's going to wait till till he's at till the uh, till Diaz is out of shape. That's never going to happen. Like Diaz is not going to get out of shape. As he gets close, as he gets close, inches closer to forty, and celebrates four twenty religiously every day, he's gonna get close. He's gonna start to slow down. Trust you think me. so? Yes. Well, it's uh, it's an well, yeah. I think he did just say this. What was his recent thing? He says he wants to do it. Fights at one eighty five. There you go. He's like not about cutting weight anymore. That, that's a sign. But I tell you what, man. Like, and Connor at one eighty five is a horrible idea. Oh no, no, that's too big for him. Yeah. 170, 170 is now. If you be weigh as po- if you weigh as eagle, then you might make 185. Maybe yes, but uh, yeah, one one seventy is probably the the most he could go to, and it has to be certain guys. There's not, and he can't he can't do everybody there because there's some re- like Conor versus Kamara Usman. That's bad news. Conor versus Ben Askren. Shh. That's bad news. Shut your mouth. Uh, him versus Tyron Woodley would be kind of fun. 
Woodley's just going to take him down. You think so? You yeah. wouldn't try and strike with him? Nope. Nope. Because that'd be a fun fight. I mean, he may strike with him in the first minute or two. Because Tyron's kind of stocky. Just to set up the takedown. Tyron's kind of stocky. He's not yeah. a huge 170-er. So I think that'd be kind of fun. Have have we talked about the 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 early stop? Well, we probably did. The early stoppage on Robbie Lawler. I don't know if you and I did uh, together. That no, was I didn't uh, think so. That was horrible. Was horrible. I was talking about this last week because um, I recorded the show from Dallas, and I think that the, the thumb up and everything, like yeah, Herb Dean. Well, this what is are what you this at? is what I think because Ben Askren. Do they drug test refs? Um, I don't know. Herb Dean's looking a little bit. Talking about not being able to cut weights. Herb Dean's looking a little bit bigger. Yeah, he's got a nice, nice size, nice size tire. Um, but I thought Ben Askren spent that whole fight lead up to Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal, just calling out Till, calling out Till, calling out Till. Kind of tried to pivot and call out Masvidal, but you kind of bleeped up like you only accounted for one guy winning. I don't care about you fighting Jorge Masvidal now, and and clearly nobody else does either. So. You know, it would have been the natural place to go if, if Till would have beaten Masvidal to go fight Ben Askren. But, hey, man, if you really don't have a dance partner and you don't have any of these people and everybody else seems kind of tied up, yeah, it feels like the only place for him to go is to go right that ship with Robbie Lawler and, and fight him again. Yeah, but he don't want to do it. You know why he doesn't want to do it? Because I think he felt he felt Lawler's power. Oh, yeah. He got, and he doesn't want to do it again. He got destroyed. It was crazy. I thought it was a horrible stoppage, but I didn't hear much about it circulating afterwards. It wasn't like nobody called Herb Dean out and like, oh, mandatory rematch. I know Dana came out that night and said, and said he it's wants a mandatory the rematch. rematch. And then Askren said, not interested. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Like if Askren just says no, I mean, is he, he going to cut him? I mean, they have before. I mean, well, they, they've kept him out before. No, Dana will figure out who else can I put in front of him. Maybe he puts Masvidal in front of him. You know, Masvidal at one point was looked at as the gatekeeper. I know. Remember? I wanted him to get – well, he said this week that um, – because I kind of want – I was like, I don't know, I was like, man, Masvidal, Miami getting the title shot, I want that. Even though Colby trains down here and he trains an American top team, um, you know, Colby's from Portland. He's he's like Chael Sonnen's protege. Yeah. So – I, I you, you can tell he's Chael Sonnen's protege. I know. It's 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 kind of like he's like here's the notes here's hey listen first you go and anger Brazil, second you make fun of people's <laughs> intelligence then yeah you, you antagonize the boss it's like these this is these are the plays that work for me because it is like it, look Chael was Chael was on this 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 run where he was just a guy who was just the wrestling guy and was getting wins he was a good fighter but wasn't noticed until he started getting brash on the mic and started playing the bad guy role. Colby is the same way. Like it's not the most entertaining fight style. Yeah, He's a fun. Like, he goes. He goes hard. But think it's about not. It. Chael Sonnen, Anderson Silva, John Jones. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. He talked his way into fights that he didn't deserve or earn. Right. At least in the cage. Colby's at this point right now where I, I thought that fight against Rafael dos Santos. There was a lot of pressure in, on him going into that fight because he did talk a lot of believing. And that, I mean, it worked. That entire arena booed his ass off. They hated him. Uh, but he showed up. And the whole thing did trickle down with he was the interim champ, didn't fight when the, the, the company wanted him to. Um, so I don't have a problem with, with them giving him the title shot. But, man, I would love to see Masvidal in the spot for the title. Because he is, I mean, he, he has just been doing this thing for so long. And to win like that in another and who, country. And he'd have to fight. I don't know. Usman? I mean, 
Yes, Usman's the champ now. Tough matchup. It's a very tough matchup, but also isn't Usman out for like He's going to be out a little bit. He was uh he was on Rogan's podcast and he had a uh, he had another knee surgery. I a think a double hernia, a fractured yeah. foot and Crazy. knee surgery. I think he'll be back probably the summertime if I had to guess. We'll see. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Tobin and Seema here with you. So it was announced this week that Deontay Wilder will be fighting Dominic Brazil in on, yeah, on Showtime in May. And that... Uh, Tyson Fury is fighting Tom Schwartz <laughs> in June. The accountant? Man, I mean, thanks. He sounds like an accountant boxing, or a lawyer. Boxing, shout out. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> only only you. Only, only you, be- you beautiful bastard, you. Only you could, could screw up the heavyweight championship of the world like that. It was like, oh, you guys had one of the most epic fights of all time. And there was a one guy almost got knocked dead. He got up. He almost, oh, uh, yeah, you know what? We're going to go our separate ways. Why rematch? Why do that? I, I don't understand. I, it was it was it was so easy. Protection. Well, it, it's not only yeah protection. Well, boxing has mastered witness protection, and and really the FBI <laughs> should take tips yeah. from box the boxing industry for witness protection. Yeah, Bob Arum and Al Heyman should yes. uh, should just be running witness protection. This is where we need to put them. Just keep them. We'll we'll put them on a fight. Nobody will see. Nobody will care. We'll get we'll slice you off a little bit. You got no shot of losing. It's all good. We'll even put it on pay-per-view. It's crazy. We'll throw everybody off. I, but I was talking, like, months ago, we were we were thinking, like, man, these two, they kind of stole the buzz from Anthony Joshua. Agreed. I thought They so stole too. the buzz of relevancy from, from Anthony Joshua, and they just gave it right back. It's very frustrating. Like, if, if you guys had this opportunity, this grand opportunity to say, oh, he may, have all, he may have more belts, but we got the belt that matters. And now, man, what matters? They're going to still run around with uh, – Tyson Fury talking about that lineal champ nonsense and and uh, what does that even mean? I don't. Well, it's like he's the guy that beat the last lineal guy, and then he got his belt stripped. But the lineal championship isn't really. It's like a. It's like a. How do I say this? It's not like a championship you win. It's kind of like a championship you're distinguished with. It's like Wonder Woman's jet. Yes. Yes. Kind of. What? It's invisible. Yes. And you can ride on it as long as you want. Right. You can um, see the world. It's just a thing. But you can't put it on. Yeah, it's just a thing they're going to say. So then Tom Schwartz, he has the champ- chance to become lineal champion, I guess. Wow. So bully for him. Good for him. And then So he- the invisible belt is on the line. C- correct. Do they actually, after he wins, does somebody come and strap the invisible belt around yeah, his waist? Yeah, need, you need a black light to see it. you got to wave it up around his waist. And there, oh, there it is. We see it. it it's clear as day now. That and $100 get you into live. Oh my God! It, yeah, it was just it's so it's so irritating, man. Like you had it, you had it all perfectly played up. Oh, these guys are gonna fight. You know, I like the Jarrell Miller versus Anthony Joshua fight. Crazy enough, Anthony Joshua has backed his way into the most relevant heavyweight fight. Like it was, it was gonna be Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury, but not no more. Wild, amazing, and he signed a DAZN deal too, right? Wilder? No. Joshua. Oh, I don't. Yes, he kind of is because his his promoter Eddie Hearn is with DAZN, but I think he's got you know he's got Still such a big deal that he can kind of do what he wants if he wanted to. Um, DAZN also did this thing this week, which is not surprising because they're throwing a lot of money at people. 
they announced that they're upping their prices. So if you didn't have DAZN, <laughs> we said that a month ago. I right? know, DAZN. Uh, they upped. It's it's nine ninety nine a month if you have it already. If you don't, it's now nineteen ninety nine a month, or you can buy a hundred dollars for the year. So, I mean, if you go that way, not a bad not a bad discount. I'm not doing that because I got the old rate. Um, but I guess I'm gonna have to next year because I got an email and everything. It says like on March of 2020, your price will up to this. Like, oh my goodness, you guys, you guys are because it, it's like you feel like you're getting a good deal, but it's like, are you? Where are you? And uh, and that broadcast isn't fantastic yet, man. Like I've 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 watched a lot of like if I had to if I have to pony up the stream. Is buffer on there? Yes, he is, he is. which is not surprising because it buffers a lot when you're watching it. <laughs> it's appropriate. Like, <laughs> I'll be watching a fight and then be like, gah, gah, gah. hey, it's like, oh. What was this? Was this top of the card? When was this? This goes out of nowhere. That's the one frustrating thing about streaming, man. It's just like they're, they're they're testing whether you're paying attention or not. It's oh, it it got me so bad one time. I remember watching like when I first got it, I was watching this Bellator card. I don't know who the top fighters are on a Bellator card. I know who the main players are. I probably know from like co-main event, main event. Maybe I'll know the fight beforehand. Do you think I'm gonna know who the top fighters are on a Bellator card? So, like, I was watching this fight, and then all of a sudden, I, I think I, like, went to go get a sandwich. I come back, there's another fight on. I was like, oh, that, that kind of moved along quick. Where, where, where? Turned out, I was at the top of the card. Because I'm, like, <laughs> looking on Twitter, I'm like, this doesn't look like the same results that I'm in. Very confused about what's going on there. It's uh, it's an interesting time for fight fans as far as how you consume your stuff. Because People are in such a rush to put technology platforms out that they don't even try them out before they put them out. Yeah. And that's a prime example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, at least with ESPN, you know, you're getting quality production. You're getting yeah, you know, ESPN notch. When I use like now that I have like the Fire Stick in the and have the app up for ESPN Plus, it's it, I mean it's great. It, it it that works great. The Zone, very mediocre, very mediocre as far as just everything with it, like the the broadcast, the uh, the quality of it, it's. It's got some kinks that work out, man. Wah, wah, wah. So yeah, man. Um, as far as yesterday's concerned, other big uh, news event you had Curtis Blades. He got himself a win over uh, Willis. Uh, <laughs> he renamed Big Pretty with another name that rhymes with that, which I can't say on the radio. But uh, let's just say it's another nickname for Moobs. And so he uh, he 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 put in that work. He wrestled him and. You know, for for Curtis Blades, he's suffered two bad losses to Francis Ngannou, and other than that, he's looked like a handful wrestling-wise for everybody else. He called out Stipe, Derek Lewis, and Junior Dos Santos. Um, I feel like Stipe would give him the business. I, we haven't heard from Stipe. I mean, it's it's a weird thing because Stipe is he sitting here. Out. Now, he, he like he lost his his fight to DC. He's been waiting for his rematch with Daniel Cormier and hasn't been fighting anything else since. Because Cormier is still barking up Brock Lesnar. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. And I don't know when we're gonna get that. If, if you know, he if was on the he 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 was on the broadcast yesterday. Um, it was, was the first time we no no DC first time we'd seen him in a while. I don't feel like he's been on the broadcast for a while. Um, he was still sulky about the the light heavyweight thing. Is he? I think so. I mean, well, like he got stripped. Kind of. He just gave it up. Well, but he, he was gonna lose. Like you're not gonna fight John Jones at light heavyweight. Come on, run it back. At heavyweight, though, right? Like, not no. a light heavyweight. You want to no. see that? Why? I don't want to see John at heavyweight. Really? Yeah. Why not? 
I just don't. I just don't have an interest. I just think, you know, what all it does is going to open up the conversation all over again about steroids. Really? Yes. Because he's going to have to bulk up. Isn't that so inevitable though? Like he's he's always going to be tied just, to that. Yeah, but if you stay at you stay at light heavyweight, you just keep doing your thing. Stay there for two, three more years, and you could at least, you know, you know how we are, United States, land of second chances, right? Thirds and fourths. I think let some time go by, and then gradually go up to heavyweight. I just think if he's going to— When you get to the age where you can't cut the weight anymore, go to heavyweight. Yeah, but I think he's always going to be able to cut that weight, though. He's He's got such a strange body. He's like he's like Gumby on the bottom, but he's like the Hulk up top. It's so— Swimmer's it, body. Yeah. I've, I've said this before. Like, meeting, you know, meeting a lot of fighters, he's just got his, his hands and his limbs, and it's all just very— it's just massive. Like you just see why he has He'd success. He'd be a great basketball player, wouldn't he? Uh maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what his. I don't play know. Him, play him in some one on one. He doesn't have very big legs, so I don't know what his hops would be. So I don't know about that. Yeah, he could get up. But um, the reason I I just want to see. I just want him to continue to just dominate and be known as the greatest. Like for me, I feel like the light heavyweight thing is always going to have that steroid test on it because that's where it happened. He goes up to heavyweight. Yeah, I guess the bulking stuff will come back. Obviously, if he fights DC, that's always going to be a talking point because of the test being positive. Um, but I just look at the kind of the crop right now at 205, and I'm like, who are the guys that are going to extend that legacy even more? Yeah, but when he comes in at what, – what's he going to come in possibly at heavyweight? 225, 230? Yeah. And he's going to be fighting guys 265 that are wrestler-based. But if we were to say, okay, do you think that he would be Junior Dos Santos? Yeah, only because those guys are done. What about Stipe? I think that would be trouble. You think Stipe would be trouble? I, I think so, because Stipe, I think, will wrap him up. What about Francis, Francis Ngannou? Interesting fight. I think that Ngannou has more power than he would. He do- Oh, yeah. So all he's got to do is Francis would be the. Hand-breaker. You know what Francis would be? Francis would be us. You know how we've always wanted to see him versus Rumble, and we never got to see John take on a guy who can just dead you with one shot? Yeah. Um, Francis would be that. That's what That's what the Fran- – but Francis cuts to 265 to the limit. I saw Rumble he, recently. He could make heavyweight right now. He says he's only coming back for a heavyweight fight against John. That's what he That's what he said. And he, he's big. He's, yeah, he, so. he looks like he eats iron. Yeah, I saw That's him about, about a month ago. Yeah, I saw him too. He's 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 big boy. He's thick. He's thick. He he looks he looks like he could bench bench press three hundred with his CBD neck. CBD in it? I don't know, man. I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> but uh, but he's yeah, he's big. What about okay? Do you think Daniel has a shot beating him at heavyweight? John Jones? DC? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think I think Styles make fights. And I think regardless of where they fight, I don't think that Cormier can beat him based on the length and the shortness of Cormier. Cormier is like, to me, like that alligator in the commercials with the short arms. Yeah. In a comparison fight to John well, Jones. He, I thought that last fight against John Jones, he fought a good fight. I thought he fought a good fight. It's just, it's so risky for but him to fight him. He, but he can't beat him because yes. of the exactly the natural disadvantage it's, it's it you're gonna get eventually get caught yep like he he had success but that success comes at so much of a price and 
He could hit John once, and John would tee off on him three, four, five times. Right. The only thing you're going to say is if you fight John, if he hits him with one of those hooks that he hit with Stipe, that that'll put John's lights out. The thing is, we've never seen John that hurt. When have we seen John shook? Like, in the Gustafson fight, we saw him, you know, we saw him in danger. He was losing I, the fight at one point. I but have we ever seen was, him rocked? I, no, but I thought that was more because of the pace. Any kind of, you know, impacts that we saw from John was more a, more attributed to the pace of which they were fighting. You know, the, that Gustafson fight, it was nonstop. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. For and I think similar, I th- I, you know, I think similar to like if we were to relay it to boxing, like Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, I thought a reason why it took Deontay so long to get into the fight is because it's the first time you're a big guy, first time you're fighting a guy who's bigger than you or as big as you. I think for John, you know, I know that he said, oh, I didn't train that hard for that fight. That's the first time he fought a guy who was about the same size as him, 6'5". takes time to adjust to that range. Yeah. It's different. Agreed. It's different. So, um... For DC, the only thing we can hope is that he's bringing more power with him to heavyweight, and I think you're right. I think that the 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 margin for error is so small for him. It's it's almost like it's it's razor thin, you know, to think that he's going to be able to do that. Unless we just believe that he's so much stronger that he's going to be able to take John down at will at heavyweight. And I just don't. I don't know, man. John John it, took him down. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't see that. And I think that, you know. Cormier, to a certain degree, his belly gets in the way. <laughs> it does. I mean, yeah. you look at that, look at him, the way that he's built. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. That's nah. his. That's his physique. That's the way he's built. And I just don't. How's Daniel Cormier not like on every every restaurant commercial? Like the heavyweight champ of the world Agreed. looks like that. It should be the Daniel Cormier grill. Hundred percent. Yes. George he should Foreman be the should new George Foreman. To him. I agree. He should be the new George Foreman. That's a good call by you, man. All right, guys, Fighters Fury rolls on here. Got the chance to go to UFC Media Day this week and speak with some of the fighters there as we were getting ready for UFC Fort Lauderdale, but also got the chance to sit down with next week's main event player as we have UFC Philadelphia coming out, Edson Barboza against Justin Gaethje. And got a chance to speak, sit down with uh, with Edson Barboza, one of the the top contenders in the toughest division in the plant on the planet, uh, the UFC 155 division. As he's getting ready to face Gaethje, who's an absolute monster. Who I mean, every fight that he's in is is thrilling and tough for his opponents. But Edson Barboza is no slouch either. You talk about the best kicker basically in the sport with those with those whips that he has coming from from every single angle so here's my conversation with the great edson barboza very excited we're talking to edson barboza how are you man it's good to have you very good man very happy talk to you guys uh so you're coming up march march 30th against justin gaethje has uh you know the stand thing has has camp going how you feeling are you you excited for this one I'm very excited. That's in the camp. I'm ready to go. I feel better than ever. Cardio, strength, everything. Like I said, I'm ready to go. Can't wait. How do you know? Like when you're in camp, what, when is the time usually when it's like I'm ready? To, uh, it's it's uh, it's you, you're enjoying the grind, and then it's like I'm ready to go already, and I, I can't wait till fight day. Yeah, when it's not, when I finish the camp, you do spar, you do everything, and I feel great you know every time when the the train end and the train i say wow my card's good my strength's there my my you know everything's there i think 
that's I'm sure right now. I finished my spy right now, and bro, I'm ready. What do you th what do you think about this matchup, man? Uh, you're an absolute buzzsaw. This guy likes to come forward. Uh, how do you how do you see it playing out? Yeah, everybody knows me. Everybody knows him. It's gonna be a big war. That's making me very excited. Work very hard for this fight, and be ready, guys. It's gonna be a great show. You, you you got no Edson like there's no there's no breaks with you man like you play you fight in the hardest division in the world uh, everybody knows what you bring you you're so dynamic every time you're in there like is is it is it tough you just every single camp knowing like man this one's gonna be an absolute slugfest because of of where you fight and 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 how you go about your business yeah like you said I have a twin battles in UFC I fought against the best guys in the world. And it's a pleasure for me because I work very hard for this, you know. That's uh, I'm I'm very happy to see every time somebody ask about me, say about my fights, everybody get very excited. It's keeping me motivated, and I know I'm in the right way. I'm, I'm very happy with everything with my career. Can you tell a little bit uh, about uh, training in South Florida? You know, finding your way here to American Top Team. What's it like training here? I mean, you guys uh, are world renowned as one of the best in the world, but. I mean, it's like every corner you look around, you see just a world-class fighter. What's it, what is it like getting you working here? Man, like you said, every time you stop, you see the best guys in the world over here. Definitely, that's the best GM in the world. And I'm a pleasure to train here with the, those guys, the coach, everybody. Like I said, that's definitely the best team in the world. What's um if, if we were to talk to talk in a year's time, where do you where do you hope to be, Edson? Like, what's what's the long term goal f over the next twelve months? To be a champ, UFC champ. You know, uh, I would I have a I still have a contract with UFC. I have a couple fights, and that's my goal. Be UFC champ. I know I have everything, and yeah, I'm ready to be a champ. Do you do you go into these fights? Um, like you, you are so damn good with those kicks. Like, better than anybody. Do you do you go into fights ever worried that those things are going to get taken away? Are you always looking for the way to expose your best weapon, or do you do you like always unveiling new stuff? How do you go about that? That's MMA fight. They need to be ready for everything. You know, like I said, whatever this fight go, I'm ready. You know, I go there like all my fights. Everybody gonna. See the best at San Barbosa, I am ready. Whatever this fight goes, stay in the feet, I'm ready. Go on the ground, I'm ready. The rest, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to, to have a good time in Philadelphia. Well, he's going to be fighting March 30th. You guys definitely want to check it out. At San Barbosa, Justin Gage, it's going to be an absolute entertaining fight. And you're always, uh, you're always great with the fans, man. Thank you so much and uh, appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, all the fans. And March 30, one more show, guys. And I appreciate Edson sitting down with me, man. Uh, it was much appreciated from him. He is, uh, he's dynamic. He is really, really talented. And, uh, and look forward to this fight next week. I am taking him. Um, there's a couple reasons. One of the things that makes Justin Gaethje so tough is those are, are those kicks that he does. To, to almost, He tries to break down his opponent. Now, the last one's a little different because when he, when he fought James Vick, um, he deaded him. He deaded him. But, but. The thing with Justin that you have to be worried about at this point is he, if he doesn't steamroll you, he gets into these wars and that body does break down and he has hit a lot of shots. And I just feel like Edson can kind of keep him at this range where it can be really, really bad for him. You know, I know Justin was saying, oh, well, Edson's got some quit in him and all that. It's like, look, man, 
Edson Barboza is a, a tough mother bleeper. He was in there with uh, with Khabib. He took an absolute he took an absolute lick in that entire fight. Um, you know he's he's an absolute killer. He's taken, you know, he took a tough, tough beating against Kevin Lee as well. So he's really, really tough. Those are two guys that can take you down. who could beat you like that. Um, that's not really Justin style. Like everybody talks about his wrestling ability and that he is great in that regard from Colorado state, but he just doesn't, he doesn't do that or Northern Colorado. I forget which one it is, but, um, he doesn't fight that style. He likes to stand up. He likes to bang with guys. So, I just have a tough time believing that he's going to change that style against Edson Barboza, and Edson makes it tough as hell. If you're going to be on a striking contest with him, he's one of the best strikers on the planet, especially when it comes to those kicks. So I, I just think I, I don't love the matchup for Justin Gaethje. Uh, I really don't. I, I think that this is one where he can get beat up a little bit trying to get inside and, and trying to get those hands on you. And, I think that that can end up being bad news for him in this card. Uh, other ones that are big on that night, you got David Branch taking on Justin Hermanson. Uh, Jack Hermanson, excuse me. I'm going to go with David Branch to win that at middleweight. The uh, the, next, the two above that really intrigue me as you got Josh Emmett against Michael Johnson. Um, Michael Johnson who's fighting at featherweight. God, he is so talented. He really is. Um, he is a guy who, I mean, he's the only guy to beat Dustin Poirier over since Poirier has been at lightweight. So, you know, that the guy's cracked. He's probably got the best shot in history. It's kind of like Floyd Mayweather on Khabib. Like everybody goes, Oh, remember when Shane Mosley got Floyd Mayweather? That's kind of like, that's kind of like Michael. Michael's got that shot on Khabib that everybody looks to and be like, Oh, remember that shot that Michael Johnson got on Khabib? Um, so he's, he's going down in weight. Like he is going the, the route of, uh, you know, a lot of people are going up in weight and staying at their more natural weight. He is cutting, um, which, which makes him uh, dangerous as far as the, the limits that these guys are a bit of a different, uh, size wise matchup. Josh Emmett, he, uh, you know, he brings some great wrestling. He is, uh, he's, he was on the doorstep, I would say of a title shot before suffering a devastating loss to Jeremy Stevens. And if he would have won that fight against Stevens, I mean, you probably could have argued that he was going to fight for the belt. That was, man, we haven't seen him here in a while. February of 2018, so he hasn't fought in over a year. And Michael Johnson's coming off a win over Artem Lobov. Uh, Johnson did miss weight for that fight. I forgot about that. That's an interesting one. I'm going to go with Michael Johnson. Uh, I just believe in his talent. I think he's uh, he's really, really good. So we'll see what, what goes down with that. But I'm going to go with, uh, with with Michael Johnson, the menace, getting the win in that one. And then you have uh, Carolina Kolakiewicz against Michelle Watterson, the karate hottie. Man, that's a good fight. Um, tough fight to pick. Whew. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Michelle Watterson. Um Man, if she wins, she really does have star written all over her, Michelle Watterson. She got featured on E60 this past week. Uh, I think that she is uh, she's really, really talented at straw weight. Um, brings a lot of things. Speaking of straw weight, uh, I'm going to get to my conversation here. I had this past week with uh, one of our favorites, Kayla Rocco. She is a MMA straw weight. She just got off this reality show in South Africa. The fighter, which is it's uh, it's it's like a South African take this uh, this promotions take on the ultimate fighter. And she went over to South Africa and had a cool little journey 
And we've talked to Kayla on the show before, and she is uh, she's got a great personality, man. She's uh, she's very dynamic as a fighter. She's gonna be making her pro debut very very soon. She trains an American Top Team with, I mean, just the the, the who's who over there as far as women's MMA is concerned. Uh, she's training over there and recruited by Dean Thomas. So you know that that guy's got an absolute eye for talent. And I, I think that uh, we'll be excited once her career gets going. But this was an interesting journey that she got to take and get going. And so this is my conversation with Kayla Rocco. And you guys can uh, enjoy that. She has a really cool story. And I think you guys will enjoy it. All right, guys, we're here at American Top Team, Fighters Fury. Very excited to be talking to our next guest, Kayla Rocco. She is up and coming, dynamic, and she is uh, just back from South Africa. You were with, give me the league again. What was it that you were fighting with, and uh, what was the show? It is Extreme Fighting Championships, EFC, based out of South Africa, uh, and the show is called EFC The Fighter 2. So how the hell did you end up in South Africa? You're here in Coconut Creek, you know, you've been training, and you're getting ready for your, your, your pro debut and all that stuff. How did you get the opportunity to be on a reality show in South Africa? So about a, a week before the show, actually, my manager reached out to me and also my gym uh, reached out to me. EFC said they were looking for one or two more contestants for the show. Uh, and it was so last minute, but it, it was just an opportunity of a lifetime. And so I pounced on it. So a week later, I was on a flight to South Africa and I was there for six weeks. How many ladies were, were on the show? How did it all go down? And um, what was that like? Like cameras all around? That had to be odd, just, you know, having to be, was it weird being on all the time? So the show was actually a flyweight tournament. Uh, the winner of the show gets an opportunity to fight their flyweight and actually bantamweight champ, Amanda Lino. Uh, I technically am a strawweight. And after I signed up for the show, the rules ended up being changed a little bit. So girls could weigh in at 132. Uh, so, I, you know, I was going out to South Africa and fighting almost two weight classes above mine, which is unfortunate, but uh, it was still an amazing experience that, that I wouldn't change for anything. Um, so out of 10 girls, I was actually chosen second. And in my first fight, I fought the first ranked girl. So, I mean, that was kind of unfortunate, but it, it was a huge challenge and I was so excited to take on that challenge. It didn't go my way. Uh, it was a close fight. It was a war. I'm proud of my performance, uh, especially against a girl that was much bigger than me, much more experienced than me. So, you know, I just got to take away the good things from that experience and just get better from it. Was that was that hard at the time dealing with that, knowing that that kind of got switched up on you, um, or you know, you're you're just kind of getting into this. These are these are the I'm sure the tough things that you know go with the start of your career, but that's a, that's definitely a wrinkle they're throwing at you that you have to fight somebody that much bigger than you. Yeah, I definitely wasn't happy about the weight change because, I mean, people who know the sport know how much of a difference that weight can make. Um, but it didn't deter me from from continuing to go on with, with the tournament. Uh, you know, I, I felt like it was worth it. These fights didn't count against my record, so I looked at it as free experience. Uh, I looked at it as a challenge. And I'm just happy to have gotten some pro experience before I even turned pro feel like that you know that not many people get that opportunity what was south africa like was it uh you know get was this like your first experience getting to to go see the world um and, and have that much time away from america so i i have been out of the country i did a little europe trip for three weeks a while ago um so i have been out of the country a little bit but south africa was 
it, it was beautiful. It, honestly, it wasn't what I expected. So I'm really glad I got to go see a little bit of the culture, have some free time, and just, you know, see what they're about. So I, I really can't wait to go back. What, so what's the setup for the show? Like, is it is it kind of like Ultimate Fighter style? Like, are you stuck in a house with a with the with these fighters? Is there any is there any drama that goes down? Is that easy to deal with? Because I'm, I'm sure you're all you're all gunning for the same thing. Does that get weird? So there it is similar to the Ultimate Fighter. There are ten girls in a house. Uh, it was a pretty small house too, so we were all pretty close together. Um, no, it wasn't a mansion. I think they actually used a mansion last year, and they said that you know people were too far apart, so they didn't have a lot of like interaction. So they kind of went the opposite way this year and put us in a really so small space. Uh, to be honest, the 10 girls that were there were all really cool, really chill. Uh, I was surprised by that. You know, we had a really solid group of girls, so there wasn't much drama or, or you know, problems in the house at all. Uh, we all just kind of stayed focused and we had fun as well. How does that go training-wise? Like, like, what do you learn from coaches? How do the sessions go? And then... Um, how do you know like how to throttle in and throttle out when you're in a tournament situation and, and get ready for your fights? And you obviously don't have to worry about weight, um, but, but how did that go for you? So the training, uh, the two teams do train separately. We have our own separate schedules and training sessions. The training was great. We trained super hard, uh, you know, like I was in a camp. The short, short notice fighting was, it, it was a different experience. You know, I think I had three days to prepare for my fight. So it is challenging, especially when you're preparing for, you know, a really solid opponent. Um, that's hard, but it, it was a good challenge and it was a good experience to take into the future uh, to be able to kind of switch on in that short amount of time. Was it, uh, was it odd or was it good for you, did you find? I mean, you trained at an American Top Team, which is, you know, obviously renowned as one of the best gyms in the world. And I'm sure you train with a lot of familiar faces. So was that good for you getting to just be in there with new blood? Yeah, absolutely. So I train here at American Top Team with some really high-level fighters. Uh, part of the reason I wanted to jump on this opportunity was to be able to test myself against different bodies. Uh, obviously, I test that in a fight, but um, it's not often where I get to test my skills against against new fighters from around the world with, with a ton of different skills. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was a great part of the experience. And what do you think for yourself, Kayla? Like you, uh, you come back, uh, back into America. Do you have, I guess, the the plan laid out for when you do want to make the pro debut and, and get things rolling in that direction? So my next fight is definitely my pro debut. I don't have anything scheduled yet. Uh, I would like to fight around June or after that, maybe July. So right now I'm just kind of shopping around, uh, seeing what opportunities come my way, and whatever comes, I'll be ready for it. How does that process work? Like, is it is it is it trying to find like uh, I, I don't I don't think people ever get a look into that. Like, do you do you find like promotions are or do you have to make sure they're trustworthy? Like, do you have to do you have to make sure that uh, it's in a in a place that you you want to be and be viable? Like, I've heard about horror stories about like you know fights getting canceled last minute and stuff like that. Um, is that something like your manager takes care of as far as protecting you from that kind of stuff? How does that go? So luckily, I have a really good manager, Julian Gregorio, also a really good coach, Dean Thomas, who will kind of make that decision for me. Um, I feel like shopping around for promotions, it's just 
finding a promotion that likes you, wants to work with you, uh, and is willing to give you that right opportunity. It's really, it's really the, about the fight. You know, it's not about the money. It's not really about the big name promotions, but it's about the fight that I feel comfortable with, the fight that I feel like I need uh, in order to take that first step in my professional career. Uh, speaking of careers, so you, you're getting into radio. This is your new thing. You're going up to ESPN 106.3. That's 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 what's going down. How how do you feel behind the microphone? Uh, how do I feel behind the microphone? Good question. Uh, radio is different. You know, it, it it's another huge challenge. And I just feel like the more comfortable I get, the you know, the more comfortable I'll get doing interviews and stuff like that. So I think it's really good practice, and I'm excited to kind of venture off into a new challenge with ESPN West Palm. And you can just trash talk and not have to worry about ramifications. It's really fantastic. Really, I love talking trash to people I'd never have to deal with. I have to get better at that. There's so many, you know, I got Josh, Josh, Dean, and Ken to all make fun of a little bit. So I know they'll dish it out to me. I've, I've got to be able to dish it back for sure. <laughs> well, Kayla Rocker, we're looking forward to seeing your debut. Thank you for uh, sharing your story of your trip to South Africa. It sounds like it's, uh, it was an awesome experience for you. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to continuing to watch your career. Thank you so much. That's our show for today, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Myself and Seema getting it going. And we'll, of course, have all reaction to UFC Philadelphia and all the other fight action that's going down here in the Combat World Universe. Talk to you then. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.